Hey, Craig. takes a lot of effort let me tell you yeah yeah um but yeah welcome to podcast versus everyone episode jeff hasn't put it on the screen i'm gonna say 118 is that right oh yeah that's that's right i forgot to look Um, hold on i can tell you it's episode 119 i'm always one off welcome to podcast versus everyone episode 119 in case you were turning tuning in and thought you heard the same you were listening to a repeat no no this is 119 (laughs) i'm craig powers (laughs) I'm not good at math. Well, I am actually. Yes, you um, are. And, and with, yeah, I know, I am. See, I can get away with that one because I'm like, I'm an English teacher. I suck at math and people actually believe it, you know, and you know that, no, you are really good at math and you're not, you're not going to get that one by me there, Powers. Sorry. But yeah. With me is the English teacher, Jeff Neusser. Um, yeah. Yeah. I suck at math. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Yeah, you're all right. You're all right. Yeah. I'm all right. Two decent mathematicians here, <laughs> let me tell you. Two above average gentlemen with numbers. Yes. <laughs> That's, that is that is my, my life story is just uh, trying to be above average at as many things as possible. You know, greatness has eluded me on virtually every front, so... Just trying to be just trying to be pretty good. I think, you know, you can you can accomplish a lot in life just being pretty good. So that's what I'm yeah. going for. Exactly. That's uh I've been pretty good so far. And like all mediocre white men, I just got a great new job opportunity uh, just by being pretty good. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited about that. <laughs> we love that. We love that. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah, some someday we'll get together and we'll actually, you know, really celebrate it the way that, uh, you know, the way that we should. But you're, uh, let's see, you're getting poked here pretty quick, and yeah. I got my second poke this weekend, so we're yeah. we're not that far away from uh, from getting together and like, like, you know, enjoying each other's company again. Cheers to, to face. Cheers with to no COVID. masks. Cheers to COVID weekend. Um, yeah. making me eligible for. Things. <laughs> Is that how you pulled it off? <laughs> you like yeah. plugged in your numbers and they were like, you are obese. Yeah, just right on the line and uh, got in. <laughs> You're like, thanks, COVID. It's the first good thing you've given me. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, getting stuck. And uh, yeah. And then um, I'm, I'm hoping maybe, I think I'd be willing to possibly go to Pullman on april 24th because yeah to tell you the yeah. truth i've i've had a i've had a hotel booked for weeks just in case for Have april really? april 23rd through 25th in pullman yeah um 
just in case uh, we're doing that social distance. Uh, I mean, the crowd at uh, spring games are generally social distanced, just naturally. Yeah, there's uh, not a lot of density there anyway. Maybe so. they won't sell as many tickets to the upstairs, but uh, if if they do do it, um, which was the f- most fun part, was getting to yeah, just yeah. be in the club and drink beer during the spring game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, we got the spring schedule, man, and it is very different from what we're used to. Oh my to. gosh. Yeah, uh, that we're used to spring ball taking like 6 weeks, right? Like they practice mm-hmm. 2 to 3 times a week. Uh and and they're allowed 15 total practices. Yep. Including the game. The game itself counts as a quote-unquote practice, right? So um they would do, you know, 15 practices, spread them out over about 6 weeks, lots of, you know, film study time in between lots of time to break break stuff down install new plays etc cetera, etc cetera. this one man it is uh it is a sprint to the finish it's about what about three weeks three and a half weeks right yeah well Total? yeah i think it's four weeks exactly um okay thursday so four weeks exactly yeah because they do two practices after the the spring game but yeah okay and it's but definitely... they're basically like every other day yeah, right. we, we yeah, Roughly. it usually starts mid March and but yeah, um it, that's why we were I was wondering if they were actually gonna do the spring game on the same weekend that they always do it. Um yeah. because we were we hadn't heard so long, but apparently they are and they're just gonna gonna jam it in. I mean true I mean, I see why they're doing it because you have finals week right after right after uh, that. Like yeah. if you push it back, you didn't want to yeah. have them practicing during finals week and all that. So No, no. And they yeah. can't and they can't go past that. Yeah. So what the my only thing is like what took them so long to start but I think yeah, we can very weird. probably we can probably guess what took them so yeah. long to start. <laughs> so <laughs> we can I think we can probably assume what happened and and why I'm they sure uh, why they didn't WSU, start 2 or 3 weeks ago. So I'm sure WC would really like to have people at the spring game. Um uh they they you know they've done covid donations for the club seats and stuff before or mm-hmm. covid kit yeah yeah calf calf donations for yeah, the, yeah. the seats you. and stuff and you know get a few uh you know maybe a, a few dollars into some local businesses whatever but um so yeah i'm sure they'd like to have it i'm sure they're working on it uh i i don't know if like a spring game would fall under you know the guidelines that have been that allow the sounders and the mariners to have people at their games but uh I'm sure that, like, you know, I've seen with Tacoma Defiance and stuff, like, the with, the, you know, the minor league teams and the Rainiers, uh, they're working with um, uh, state officials to see if they can, you know, make it work. And I, I'm, they now they have three weeks to do it, and we'll see if they can. But uh, um, otherwise, I mean, yeah. Uh, go ahead. We're not ta- – I mean, how many people show up max? A few thousand max? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. In a 30,000 seat year. stadium. So yeah. I can't, I, I, I just like, I can't imagine there's even a whole lot of working with state officials as far as like how many people they can allow in. Cause I just, just if they can do it be. in general. Yeah. yeah. I think probably if anything, it's just like procedures, right? So how you get people safely in safely out traffic flow, that kind of stuff. But still it's like, I mean, there's so few people, if you told them, you know, hey, you can sit with your family group and you must have, I don't know, three seats in any direction between you and the next group. Like, Which I mean, is what the Mariners and Sounders are doing. Yeah. Right. The Mariners, so like, I, I mean, know for the Mariners at least. 
Yeah, so that wouldn't be I mean that's not going to be terribly difficult and you know, and people will just, you know, sit with who they want to sit with anyway and Yeah. You know, you and I'll sit together cuz we will both be vaccinated. We could do yeah. that. So and then other people will just do it anyway no matter what and you know, whatever, I guess. I I don't know. I mean, I at this point I know people are people are sort of desperate to do something do anything. Live. I, I don't I don't know. Do you think more people will show up just because of that? No, I, I, think I tend less, to think not. I think less people will show up. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I'm I'm curious. I I'll, yeah I I don't I don't think people are because it's still a practice football game and that's never it it's, outside of when it's been in Spokane you haven't seen that like Spokane drew some decent crowds, um, but there there was Mike kind of Leach's like a, first year was a pretty big crowd that was yeah. The yeah, and so and then they had the beer garden, and it was such a different thing, you know. And then the first year back in Pullman, which was the you know the only time they've had it so far in 2019, is uh, was I think it was decently attended, but seriously, like it didn't feel like a like a Cougar football weekend in any way. No, no, they, no. Uh, no. It, and and there wasn't many people in the stands outside of the people that paid to be able to be in the um, the the club area yeah um so it's tough to tell though because like obviously it's such a you know in a big stadium right like i mean i would guess there was probably three thousand people there don't you think yeah with with everybody all together yeah which is probably about what they get in we're getting in spokane anyway yeah i think yeah some some of the years i think they got like five i think they they got like 10 one of the, the mike leach's first year but um I think the numbers dwindled, like much like when they had the Seattle football game and um, big, huge numbers, big, huge numbers when they played Nevada. And then they they didn't have it as many people when they played Stanford versus when they played Nevada. So, um, so yeah, definitely the interest uh, faded there. Um, uh, That's why they started doing Pac-12 games there because uh, they were hoping they could do some more interest and thank God that thing is dead. Um, dead as a doornail i do think that the the plan to have the spring game in pullman one of the reasons why i really like it is because it's it has the potential to grow whereas Mm -hmm. these other things always felt kind of gimmicky right i mean moose moose had his infatuation with uh you know trying to cater to spokane you know, thinking that, you know, Spokane was some, you know, vast untapped resource, which we, we have learned is not really the case um, or at the very least w- was not the case under Moose. I, I think there's a lot of a lot of thinking that maybe Moose wasn't working quite as hard at that as uh, as he wanted everybody to think he was, mm-hmm. um, which which was sort of his M.O. in a lot of ways with a lot of things, um, it seemed like. But at any rate. Um, you know, it, it never felt like something that was probably ever going to grow. It felt like a thing like, Hey, let's do it here to try and generate some interest. And it did, you know, for a short time. And, um, but having it in Pullman feels like a thing that could actually grow. Like, like I didn't anticipate it was going to be a huge crowd that first year and it wasn't, you know, but I, I feel like, you know, year over year, you know, maybe you can add some things, add some things, add some things and make it a, you know, a springtime pilgrimage for a lot of people yeah. who otherwise wouldn't. I mean, we had a tremendous time at that. Oh, game. yeah. Like, so like we fun. had. Oh, it's like it's like all the good stuff about a Cougar football weekend without any of the stress. Yeah, like, it's just like you get there, you tailgate. It's not super crowded. You can actually tailgate in a reasonable location. Right. You're not yeah. like banished to the outer corners of the 
you know, of the campus if you're not rich and, um, and then you just sort of, you know, waltz on over to the game. And, and, and I know for you and I, like, this is, this is the thing other people don't worry about, but like, uh, I didn't have to write a game story, you know, yeah. about the, about the game. I could just you didn't have to be sit. mad about anything. Yeah, I didn't have to be mad. Stressed just could, about everything. Yeah. Have fun. And, uh, you know, have some beer and, and just, you know, and then afterward we did a, you know, we did a podcast with, uh, maybe, maybe if we tried that this time, you could bring the, the switchboard. Y- yes, maybe, maybe. And, and that should, <laughs> that, that'll work better. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, you know, if it just, it felt like something that had potential as you add, um, elements to it, it really could become, I think like a pilgrimage festival type atmosphere but that's well yeah obviously not gonna be the case this year so yeah like my uh i have a couple friends who um love to just you know they're both you know went to wsu and and uh they love to just go back like they they just love going back they you know they try to go to at least one football game and they go to uh basketball they always plan for a basketball weekend and they all and then now they've added you know the uh, the spring game is like she's been asking me every week like is there is have they announced the spring game yet are they gonna do the spring game because she's so excited about it i think there's more people because it's just such a more accessible weekend i don't think you're ever gonna have you're never gonna have like 15 20 thousand people there but you know there could be a time when you get ten thousand then and the hotels around could definitely handle that like there's no problem and uh uh you know i've you know, I booked at the the residence inn. Like you can never book a residence inn on a, on a football no. weekend. Um, I mean, they're pretty much already booked out in advance to certain people. So, uh, but you know, it's it's it, it we it's just kind of fun because you get a you know you get to kind of do some things in Pullman. Obviously, this year is different, but in a normal year, you can kind of do some things in Pullman a little easier um, than on a real football weekend. You can go to the Coog and it's not overwhelmingly packed. You can go to Valhalla. You can, you can do all your same stuff without this kind of overwhelming crowd everywhere you go. And you still get to, you know, hang out in Martin stadium. You still can do the tailgate thing. Um, but maybe you, you can take more time to like go to a restaurant or you could take, you know, whatever. So obviously they are all talking about normal years and stuff, but, uh, um, but still, I, 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 I'm I'm excited for I'm excited they're having it this year. At least going to have a spring game. Um, hopefully they'll be able to have some people in the stands and and they're smart about it and everything. Um, but given the you know the rising numbers in in Whitman County, um, that kind of makes you think that's probably why they didn't just write out say that people could go. Um, yeah. uh, so they probably want to see where that goes in the coming weeks. Um, to see if maybe well, some of the spread, especially once they can't wait that long, though, right? Yeah, that's like true. They're, go- they're yeah, gonna they have, have to sell tickets. I mean, they to know what they don't doing. have to sell tickets. Uh, you they don't could think just, so? They could just be a. Oh, I guess yeah, you're right. If if they're limiting capacity, then they do have to sell tickets. You're right. I mean, it feels like they're gonna have to like. It. it I mean, it almost feels like they're gonna have to actually assign seats. I because I don't think. Yes. I don't know. Like I just like or you I have to have like a ton of staff just like telling people where to go or right. Or they could, you know, they could like X out rows, like just put right. tape over rows and stuff. Yep. Yep. They could do that. I don't know. It's I'm sure they're working through all that. I'm sure they'd love to have people come um, trying to figure out how to how to make it all work. Um, and, and I'm sure they're dealing with the, you know, the reality of what, what we were just talking about, which is, you know, people tailgating. Right. Like. Yes. You know, it's that's a you know, that's a potential super spreader type situation, 
right? Because yeah. not everybody's, not very many people are going to be vaccinated. And, you know, there will be some people who, you know, don't think COVID is real or whatever, like who, who are just going to, you know, would get together. Um, I mean, heck when we, when we tailgated, like right next to us was basically a Sigma Nu party, Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, and it was, you know, full of uh, alumni and students and, you know, just kind of like yeah. fraternities do. And, um, you know, so we had, we had a hundred people, right. We had our own, like quite pretty big crowd of, yeah. of just like, you know, friends yep. and Especially friends the and their friends and every, you know, yep. we had a, we had a pretty big crowd. So that's definitely something that would be different. And, uh, um, maybe not, and nobody's know. masking up cause everybody's having beer. So yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's like, that's, I don't know. I don't know. At least it'll be outside. And we know that that know, definitely helps. is yeah. much less of a risk than, than mm-hmm. indoors, but still, especially if you're, I don't know. I'm sure though. this is all stuff. The school is weighing, trying to figure out. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they do it and, um, ban tailgating. Thing um, is, if just, you're inviting people, if you're inviting people to campus, yeah, they'll find a, they'll find a way. Yeah, but they, they could probably. They could say no RVs. That's that's about as much as they could probably get away with. Uh, but, but that that'd be hard because like you know, you got all those people that's like sleeping in their RV for a football weekend, right? Um, so you're telling them they have to get a hotel or whatever. But which I mean, honestly, like that'd be good for Poland businesses if they just are like you have to go stay in a hotel or whatever. But uh, yeah, because um, I mean, if so, I mean, let's say they did ban RVs, right? So we, I mean, we would probably have friends who would have an rv right and yep. they would say no rv okay so what what would we probably do well we'd probably get a backpack full of beer and <laughs> you know find a place sit, to sit somewhere post yeah. up right like you know we'd i don't know like i'd probably if i was driving i don't know probably bring like a table and a tent i've got those things you know i mean that these are all things that are pretty easy to to transport and set up so i don't know man unless they're gonna police you know no tailgating and then I guess we go to, you know, Valhalla or the Coug or whatever, but I don't know. I don't know, man. Capacity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. We just, we just need a place to plug that, that, uh, soundboard in and then we can, yeah, uh, that's it. That's all uh, we really So need. we can do our, our live podcast. That's all, that's all we want to do in life. We just need a little power. Drink beers, you know, it's, well, it's three feet apart, I guess now, um, three feet apart, which is very easy to do. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that's um, pretty much as close as we can stand to each I, other. I am, I am a, I am a, a chronic um, kind of spitter when I talk, so I'm pretty <laughs> sure that I project more than three yeah. feet. <laughs> My students would tell you that I am as well, <laughs> as I as I end up apologizing periodically throughout the year to the kids that sit in the front row is, Oh yeah. I, I have can, this I can like, like see it flying out of my mouth and landing on the table, you know? And I'm I like, just sorry. have this, this like tendency of like to, you know, kind of wipe my mouth, but it's more to just to cover my mouth when I talk, when I talk to people. Cause it's just like, I'm, I'm uh, um, conscious of spitting yeah. them. So if I'm saying an S or a P or something, I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah, Hand over I, mean, mouth. I have the curse. I have the curse that everybody who ever had braces has, because if you if you had braces like it gets all messed up and that's when you start that's when you really start spitting man <laughs> so it's cuz like the inside of your lips get all like you know there's calluses and stuff from from having braces and so like it, you know thing just doesn't work like it like it's supposed to after that so anyway maybe we should talk about actual football yeah yeah uh <laughs> 
This is not COVID cast, although it has been at times. Um, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, the condensed schedule. Um, yep. big, probably the biggest news is that Jaden Delora is still suspended. Um, not a shock. Yeah. Not a shock. But it seemed, you know, one thing that is also important to know is that it, it doesn't seem like he's going to leave the team or anything because that's what I think you kind of worried about at the start that he would just yes because there was a few guys that bailed right after that and you're like okay maybe this is going to be a thing but uh it yep. seems that uh you know Rolovich had positive things to say uh, about uh how Dolores handled situation which of course he um uh, a DUI situation um uh so you know it you know if he's if he's able to handle it and and but one thing that's big impacts, you know, uh, it's there's they brought in a, a transfer quarterback from Tennessee and yeah. um, and Gorantano. And so it already seemed like there was going to be a QB battle to begin with just because they did yep. that, you know. Yep. Because, um, you know, truly, and we like, were in agreement. We were in agreement that uh, Cam Cooper was no slouch. Yeah. Right. And was going to have a legit shot. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, the, so you have three guys that, um, have a shot, uh, of course. And, uh, and now if, if Delora doesn't practice, uh, that's obviously going to impact his ability to start up. Um, if he doesn't practice at all, um, Rolovich hasn't said whether or not he's going to practice. He says he has it in his mind. Uh, but, but, uh, my guess is if, I don't know, it's practice ends in a month. So, uh, if, if he's not good to go now, I, I don't know if he'll have a chance. Who knows? We'll see. Um, but still, I, I, he's the one thing he would have had the advantage of over any of the guys is game time reps and, and reps in these in this offense. Uh, but now Gorantano is going to be able to catch up a little bit in that regard. And Cameron's probably going to get more first team reps than he would have gotten. Um, yep. so that, that kind of sets Delora back who we saw, you know, had a bit of an up and down four games and, um, had some very high highs and, and showed his potential and then also, you know, struggled at times. So, um, I don't, it's, it seemed like by any means did he, you know, guarantee the job for himself for, uh, you know, for four years. And, and, um, another interesting thing to note, they listed him as a sophomore. They listed all the freshmen as sophomores, even though technically by eligibility, they're still freshmen. Uh, that was an interesting decision that they went with. So he's technically a sophomore now. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm curious what the reasoning is behind that. Like, I guess I don't know. <laughs> like, that's that struck. Did that strike you as is super weird? Because it struck me as weird. Yeah, and it's. I've I've been thinking about it a lot with the basketball too. Like, if they're gonna do like it. basketball, I I see that one because a they, little bit because yeah. they played a full season yeah. more or less. Yeah, you but, know. Yeah, football but, played four damn games. Four games, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, I don't it know. Barely, maybe if we like, just call them a sophomore, I, and then I when they're a senior, they'll get off the books sooner. I mean, I don't know. Seriously. I don't know about you, but sometimes I forget that they played at all, and then I'll be reminded of it, and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, we had football games this year, like in, in the last like few months. Like that was crazy." <laughs> like, and then you know, of course, there was a, the other teams that played like almost full seasons or whatever, but. Um, yeah, they played four games, uh, but obviously still by eligibility, they're all freshmen technically. 
um, and they can still take redshirt years and, you know, all that and still, you know, so uh, everyone basically redshirted, you know, because obviously we have Jihad Woods is back and, and he'll be a super senior and there's a lot of other guys like that, um, Renard Bell and, and other guys. So, yeah, uh, yeah so we had a few um, a few guys that didn't show up on the roster, uh, Hank Pladson, um, Lucas Bacon, uh, who played quite a bit last year, um, but yeah, start started all four games. Yeah, <laughs> so weird. Still, I know he started every game and then would play. Uh, <laughs> but he but, he started but, he he started all four games, caught five passes for forty seven yards. That's yeah. not uh, <laughs> particularly for an offense that does not rotate receivers. Yeah, he was basically not... playing the whole game. Yeah, so, I, yeah, not uh, I, you know, good for him. It, my get my guess on that one is he was a walk on. Yeah, my guess is he was not scholarshiped, and so it was like, yeah, go, moving on. Yeah, go see if he can find a scholarship somewhere else to play. Yeah, and you know, more power to him. Uh, you know, frankly, I, you know, at the risk of sounding overly harsh, I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't think Lucas Bacon was in line to start any more games this year. I guess I'll just put it that way. So. Yeah. And then uh, Pat Nunn, uh, who sat out for COVID reasons. Uh, yeah. Already. Ugh, and then, such a bummer on that one. Yeah. Um, so unless seemed, unless he's just still opted still, out for COVID. Yeah, I mean, just possible, I, mean, I guess. If you if you thought it was dangerous, then I don't see why you wouldn't just suddenly think. Right. I don't want to test it now. So. Um, right. and then Jimmy Price, who, uh, was a transfer, uh, a JC transfer under who redshirted Leach's last season, um, uh, but didn't, uh, see any playing time last in the four games. So maybe that was a, something where it's like, Hey, you're, you're not in our plans. So maybe go try yeah. to find someplace else to play. Yeah. Entirely possible. And, you know, with, uh, you know, with that extra year of eligibility, lots of, you know, basically lots of guys coming back anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's a guy who, you know, was a Juco guy. So, I mean, he, you know, he went up through, went, went up the hard way, right. To get to Wazoo and, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, I, th I think that, uh, a lot of people just underestimate the, the, the commitment that it takes. And, and if you, if you haven't ever really spent a lot of time around college football players in particular, um, you know, and I, it, it's not to say that d other sports are, you know, easier or anything like that, but, but football takes a unique toll on people's, uh, bodies and brains. And, you know, at some point it's one of the reasons why it's pretty rare to see walk-ons that are like fourth or fifth year guys. Yeah. Cause it's just, it is just so, it's just, it's so much. And you take so much physical abuse and, and you, you, and you're expected to be like everybody else, but without any of the real benefits, right. You never play in a game. You, you you're not on scholarship. It's just, it's really, really, really tough. And so that's why sometimes you see these, you know, sometimes these, these guys who are seniors uh, just sort of like kind of drop off. Cause mm -hmm. it's like, man, if I'm, if I'm not going to play, <laughs> you know, what's the, what's the upside here, yeah. you know, getting my brain beat in, you know, however many times a week, uh, to, to show up on Saturday and look when you're a freshman or a sophomore and you've still got dreams of big time college football, like 
there's there's definitely a novelty aspect to that and guys will put up with that for a couple of years but man it's it's pretty rare that someone will put up with that for three or four years and there may also be injury situations here too you know you never really know sometimes when guys get to that point um you know maybe they've got a, a nagging injury they're a guy who doesn't play and very much and so you you sort of quietly move them onto the you know the medical list and and they they're still on scholarship but you know they uh, you know they're not on the roster anymore because they're not on the team anymore so anyway we never really know with these things for sure yeah and obviously you know with Pladson. um we were talking before, I'm not sure if he was on scholarship, so that could have been a thing where he didn't get a scholarship, and so he failed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Julian Ripley is an interesting one. He was a freshman offensive lineman, um, yep. big dude, uh, you know, majoring in mechanical engineering. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So too uh, many of those. Must be a smart dude as well, uh, who is yeah. good at math, um, you know, better at math than us. Uh, so um, interesting there i don't know what happened there um uh he's from that rancho cucamonga uh area so uh yep. that's a popular place um for the cougs uh so yep. yeah uh, th- so those are the guys that, that are on the roster um you know some explainable things and then julian ripley's probably the only one that you know i'm curious more curious about but uh um so yeah um football wise you know I, I don't look at any of the guys that are on the roster and be like, oh, we're fucked. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I, like, I, I, you know, this is not like, well, we've already had some, you know, we've already had some players. Um, so yeah. I guess we got to talk about, you know, the, the elephant in the room there is that um, Aiden Hector has entered the transfer portal. Um, it's yeah. possible that that was a, a nudge uh, to the portal. Uh, yeah, I mean, we we knew he was suspended. Yeah, um, so just maybe trying to find, um, you know, another place that will uh, maybe maybe they weren't going to put him on scholarship either. Um, you know, they said yeah, you know, maybe maybe they felt like he had not done what he needed to do or something. And well, obvi- yeah, I mean, given given the backstory there, it's not hard to imagine a situation where. You know, Rolovich said, we feel comfortable doing this, but, you know, if you if you want to stick with us, you, you better be doing, you know, X, Y, Z. And given that he was suspended, I think it's entirely possible that he did not do X, Y, Z. And he was either A, not put on scholarship and he decided to go of his own volition or B, it was a, you know, you're uh, you're, you're no longer welcome here because you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, which you know, it was a super bummer for, for a talented kid, but, um, you know, and we don't know the full story, so I don't, uh, I don't want to besmirch the good name of the young man, but, um, you know, obviously something, something didn't work out the way that everybody hoped it would. And, uh, it's, it's a real bummer because man, he is talented. When you, when you see, I think we've talked about this before. I mean, when you see a four-star kid, like a legit four-star kid join wsu and you just see the difference uh you know that's it's a bummer it's a bummer to lose to lose that kind of talent for sure yeah but also if there is good reason um i have no absolutely. problem with it um oh absolutely yeah uh so yeah uh so, i mean 
I, I'm excited for, you know, for the team to have a spring practices again. That really sucked. They didn't get to do that last year because they had late spring. They, we always have one of the latest spring balls because, yep. uh, because of the weather in Pullman, obviously. Yep. Um, so it, I'm excited that they get to do that. That was, that was a real bummer that, you know, you had a first year coach coming in, they get to do it. So I think that'll be huge for the program to be able to get these practices in. Um, again, everyone it's, you don't know if it's good offense or bad defense. Like you just don't know. So don't freak out. <laughs> I would say, I would say if the offense is struggling, that's a more bad news than good news. <laughs> like it's not, yeah. the defense hasn't suddenly, uh, lear- like went from being one of the worst in the conference country conference and country to being, uh, good. You know, that's, that's not going to happen. Um, I, I would hope they're better. Um, just cause, uh, you know, the, the defense coordinator Dickert has a track record of that, but, um, but yeah, I, I would still think that it should be a, a dominant offensive, you know, if whenever they're scrimmaging, right. You would hope. Yeah. <laughs> you would hope, but one of these days I'm going to, I'm going to have to go. I used to have a bookmark, man, but EDSBS used to have a, <laughs> it's, it's annual, you know, it's, it's spring practice uh, guide. It was just like, how should you react to, you know, the, the moments of panic induced by maybe, maybe my offense sucks. Maybe my defense is great. Maybe my defense is actually terrible. Like all of that good stuff. So yeah, basically don't react. Just, just, just have fun reading about individual players and all that stuff, but also be careful with that. Andre Lintz, like, like, (laughs) let's like, Oh yeah. Every year there's a spring practice, darling. Right. Yeah. Um, who who are some of the others? We there there's been others, man. Cassidy Woods. Cassidy Woods was the one a couple of years yeah. ago. Um it's uh, always he was kind it's, of being used as a tight end. Yeah, almost. it's often that tight end uh with 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 Leach it was the tight end hybrid thing. Yeah. You know, it's like, "Oh my god, they're going to have a tight end." Like, "No. No, they're not." They, he's, Leach always liked to just kind of toy around with yeah. it. He's then, never going to change that offense. Like he's no. <laughs> like like it's just not going to happen. Um uh, but yeah, so, uh, I, I don't know what else to say. Like, we'll, we'll obviously, we'll have more to talk about every week now. Cause we can talk about sp- yeah. c- practice reports, which Jeff and I just love. We love yep. talking about spring practice reports. It's our favorite yep. thing. Um, we'll break those down. Uh, well, I, one thing I want to note is that the, the, all the practices are open, um, to the media and everything. So, yeah, uh, which is cool, which is different than uh the last uh last coach so well actually uh, leach actually did leach made spring practices open those were definitely open but but yeah it'll be it'll just be nice to have open practices again something you know to be able to report on that i i mean look that should be as good of a clue by the way as any as to how uh sort of significant these practices are you know, so yeah. if you're, you know, if you're a fan who's hanging on every report from spring practice, I, I implore you to not do that. <laughs> I assure you that the coaches are not doing that. You know, it's it's a time for them to get out, do some stuff, uh, fiddle around, experiment. And, you know, I mean, I can probably tell this story now because it's, you know, two years later. But, you know, I mean, I got to go to a spring practice and I got to sit in on a QB meeting with Leach and all of his quarterbacks and. Um, it was super cool and, and just like, like one of the neatest things, my, my only regret about it, by the way, is I never actually wrote a story from it because 
it just kind of like I put it off and then things happened and, and then all of a sudden Leach was gone and yeah. then it was just like, oh, crap, you know. But, you know, at that meeting, at that, you know, one of the things they were doing is they were putting in, you know, a couple new plays and one of them was a quarterback power run, <laughs> which I think we can agree we never, ever, ever, ever saw under Mike Leach, right? No. But they were they were installing a power run. Well, why? Because Gage Gabrud was in that room. And go. Gage Gabrud happened to be, you know, six foot three or whatever and two hundred and thirty pounds. And they were and, also recruiting Jaden know, Delora, so Yeah, and he's built like a built like a running back. Yeah. You know, so Gabrud, absolutely, it yeah. made it made sense to have that in your playbook, you know, in case he wins the job, right? So here's, you know, it turns out Anthony Gordon wins the job. Anthony, Anthony Gordon, Gordon ain't is running. never, ever, ever, ever going to run quarterback power. No. And that's it. You know, so it, it's it really is a time for experimentation, for refining, for setting expectations, um, for, for teaching fundamentals. You know, I mean, when, you know, the practice I went to, there was a lot of, you know, Leach was super involved with, with working on fundamentals with receivers uh, in terms of releases and things like that, like, like that, that's just, that's really where the emphasis is. Um, you know, if there was any sort of, you know, competitive disadvantage to, to have a, you know, like to, or competitive advantage to keeping it secret, they obviously keep it secret. Like they do everything else, but mm -hmm. it's, it's not, it's just not. So take it for what it is. It might be cool to, to learn about some guys and, um, you know, see how some guys are fitting in and, and, uh, you know, don't don't read too much into anything, because every year there's like we said, there are there are storylines that, you know, you're like, oh, wow, this might happen. And then I swear to God, Leach used to do it just to, like, mess with people like I might use a tight end this year. Everybody else better prepare for that. And of course, well, one thing happen, that'll be so. one thing that'll be interesting to watch in the spring game is they they kind of ran like not a not a full. Uh, run and shoot last year uh, i think partially because yep. they had to throw it together you know and so they just took the the most athletic kid and like let him kind of run this uh more of a almost a pistol uh you know zone read offense and um and obviously they they implemented they put that into their offense in hawaii but it seemed like it was way more of that than than it maybe his ideal would be so we might see at the spring game things look a little bit different. Um, you know, Gorantano is not as mobile as Jaden Delora. Um, he he's not like immobile, but uh, he's not you know the runner that Delora is, and and obviously Cooper is not either. He's you know he's a guy that could move outside the pocket, but he's not a guy that's going to be you know picking up chunks in the ground. But um, so it'll be interesting to see um, you know that and uh, yeah uh spring ball um i'm i'm, I'm just excited because i was i was getting kind of worried about content for our podcast jeff um but uh now we have spring ball and there's always something man yeah and there is all like we learned that the first year we did this there is there's always something and we, we just always basically something. we basically stretched talking about a spring football schedule and like three roster things into 40 minutes so that's yes we did that's pretty good. Um, uh, let's, uh, let's, um, I don't know. We still got to talk about, you know, we'll talk about some of the other sports, um, uh, mix, mixed bag on the weekend. Uh, some good, most bad. Um, one very good, I should say. And then, uh, uh one 
Eh, not so good. Um, I do want to uh, to actually queue up my music here. Uh, just give me a second. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll be we'll be right back after this message as soon as I get it up. There we go. All right, we're back, Jeff. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I kind of liked it when you went. Well, we got both now. <laughs> I loved that. You like you liked my just just totally delaying until I because I was trying to find it on my phone again just because I I'm never prepared apparently. Um, just a total yeah. wreck over here. Uh, that's all right. And someone else hired me again. I just... we got to be on brand. I yeah. Mean, I, as we slowly inch toward professionalism, there there are just some we just have to we have to stay true to our roots at times. Yes. And, yeah. And that's There's too much. that's one like something has to remain crap, and that's that you know that's as good a thing as any. So. Oh, and and speaking of. Uh, being slightly more professional, I guess. Uh, I meant to say this at the top, but hey, um, we want to make some shirts, and um, we'd love if anyone had any design ideas, and uh, we can talk about yeah. you know sharing the the stuff there. But uh, um, we want to make some shirts. Uh, one in particular we want to make is a GFC shirt. Um, we love GFC, uh, which of course means go fucking kooks. Um, if you follow any of us on Twitter. During any sporting event of Cougs, if the Cougs win, it's GFC everywhere and anywhere. It's we we encourage everyone to tweet GFC. Um, but we'd love if you know if you, uh, a nice simple GFC design. If anyone anyone could uh, put that together, maybe uh, maybe with the podcast name on the back or something. Um, uh, I don't know, Jeff. Maybe Cougs Center on there, or just a pod. I don't know. Maybe just a pod. I, yeah, we, I don't know. We, we'll figure it out. Uh, we kind of we kind of have more rights to the name of the pod than the name of the website at this point. But <laughs> yeah, that's um, true. Uh, so maybe just the name of the pod. But any any other ideas? If there's any uh, things like we don't care or stuff like that, um, if if you if you got any design ideas, hit us up and we'll talk about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it worked out pretty well with the music. Yes, so yeah, it worked out really well. well. Go back to that one. Yeah, and so I'll, I'll 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 mention this again at the top of a podcast next week. So, uh, but I just kind of forgot about it this week. I was just so excited to talk about spring ball. Um, but yeah, Jeff. Uh, I mean, what shirt are you wearing, or what are you drinking? I don't know. One, one of the two. <laughs> well, okay. So I went to go get a beer for tonight. And then I remembered that my refrigerator, primary refrigerator, had gone out. And so uh, after spending a ridiculous amount of money on a new refrigerator, well, all of our all of our stuff. So basically what we had to do is we had two, like a lot of people, we got two refrigerators, uh, one refrigerator for beverages and sort of overflow food. Well, the the um, old refrigerator for beverages and overflow food suddenly became the primary refrigerator, which meant that the drinks had to go. So they are all sitting on a counter. And I forgot to put one back in the fridge so that I could have something to drink. So I'm actually having a coffee because I'm like, I'm going to be up however late, like mixing the podcast and stuff. So I figured, well, you know, might as well roll with a, with a, a small one. 
like 10 ounce coffee but so that is what i am drinking i wish i was drinking beer but alas stupid refrigerator lame super things, lame things break adulthood is great it's it's great i love it yeah it's wonderful i love uh sealing my foundation mm. and i know i was like I, the other day i was like stupid refrigerator i'm so tired of paying to replace things in this stupid house and then i was like actually craig just got done sealing his foundation probably doesn't want to hear about my refrigerator so yeah gotta direct that water the refrigerator was probably less money it's fine i just <laughs> i mean all my beers down in the basement i had to keep the water from getting in into it you know That's i don't important. want it to ruin the labels yeah. that would be awful. i know it was late it was a big deal so um so what are you drinking dude well i started i mean it's already gone at this point but i started with a uh <laughs> a craft casual um yes from uh it's fast fashion and uh stoop it was brewed at stoop um it is also a collaboration with the uh nos adietes however you say it did i say that right yeah uh podcast um uh it says you'll never yacht alone which is their uh their motto um it's it's a play on the you'll never walk alone um from uh what is that liverpool fans right liverpool yeah um so it's a play on that and uh it's it's part of their they just had their like big yearly event um yacht con um which is a pretty cool i mean we it's super cool we would be i would be a just over the moon if we ever got to the levels of this podcast of having a yearly event and then having a damn uh beer collab which the uh the the label is great craft casual just a pair of boat shoes uh, i love a pair of boat shoes in the summer um i can wear those all the time uh, i dig it yeah um, i know i look basic as fuck wearing them boat shoes but i don't care um i like them they're comfy uh wear them on the wear them in the water wear them wherever it doesn't matter doesn't matter um so yeah craft casual pretty nice solid little uh hazy pale ale very good um interesting like stoop wouldn't make hazies for a long time but they've done a few now um and you know they're good they they brew good beers um and then i followed it up with a a three fates which is just one of my favorite uh beers from holy mountain the check pills um very good stuff uh yeah, so that's the beer. Um, go Nos Edietes, uh Aaron and Jeremiah and the guys. Uh, yeah. Good folks. If you're uh, a Sounders fan. I know we have Timbers oh, fans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a Sounders show, but... Sounders podcast. So, um, but yeah, you'd love it right. if you're a Timbers your team, fan. Your team sucks, so. Yeah, sorry. You just have to get over it. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, guys. Um, but, yeah, um, one, of their, one of their hosts is uh, moving to Tacoma and not that far from Woo-hoo. me and i'm pretty excited we're gonna drink some beers it's gonna no. be great um maybe i'll move to tacoma someday yeah you should it's it's maybe a cool place um it's That's gonna be if you wait another year it's gonna be way too fucking expensive <laughs> i know <laughs> although my house like out here in you know bfe graham like apparently is appreciating at a ridiculous rate oh yeah ours. Know, whatever that's like when when you when your house starts to pre when you're in like a, a hot market and your house starts appreciating like crazy it's like this doesn't matter because if we sold the no, house because you're just going straight across yeah like, like if we sold the house we wouldn't be able to afford the next house <laughs> like, yeah it's like <laughs> this house is worth this many hundreds of thousands of dollars like 
oh, wow, that means I can go afford this other house that's worth it. I could take all the equity that I just cashed out and put it towards this other house and, and have still no have the equity. same size mortgage. Yeah. yeah. Have the same size mortgage. Yeah. Great. You know, I don't know. So yeah, I love you, house. Yeah, I don't know. That, so that's why you pay so much money to fix the goddamn foundation so the water doesn't come in because you're stuck here. <laughs> you're stuck. And then you and then you convince right. yourself it's fine because there's so much equity in the house. So whatever, yeah, yeah. Whatever. You just look at it and go, this is my net worth right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All the, all the uh, imaginary money that's sitting there in your, in your house. <laughs> Which will never go away, ever. It's never... Go never, down to your basement, happens. count your imaginary money. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's... <laughs> A lot of the rich people, it's all imaginary money, you know? So now I'm just joining it's that true. class of, like, the imaginary money folk. We get to, like, yeah, pr- like you know? a, Hey, like a true mediocre white man. Yes, I am just living that life, buddy. Living that life. <laughs> Love my privilege. Just privileging all over. Yeah. Woo. Um, yeah, so uh, Cougar Baseball had a just transition um had a had a less than mediocre weekend we'll say i got absolutely destroyed by arizona state uh kyle manzardo didn't really play he had like a pinch hit or pinch hit once or twice i think a pinch hit and and luckily got a walk to keep his uh walk to get his uh uh on base streak uh to a record level so he's now set the wsu record for on base uh uh, consecutive games reaching base so that's pretty cool but otherwise yep. yeah they didn't score many runs uh they gave up quite a few runs it was uh it was kind of a, a slap in the face and hopefully just a bad weekend and not an indicative of uh the rest of the pac-12 schedule because they yeah. well they've ne- they've now lost six out of seven yeah against two of the better teams in the league yeah um two of the better programs you know uh, recently in the league and so it's yeah. uh uh it's a t- definitely was a tough start um to do both of those on the road uh but uh yep. um hopefully they can you know right the ship you know hopefully manzardo can play and yeah it's it you know i it, it's i mean you, you kind of forget when they they have that early success that they're, they're still rebuilding that program um yep uh, but there's definitely better players in the program than there were, um, yeah. or, uh, but particularly offensively, p- particularly yeah. hitters. Yeah, and so, uh, but yeah, still maybe the pitching's not there. But I mean, it. I, I still think Brian Green is looking good, and and especially what he did at his last oh, yeah. stop, and and so it's absolutely. Um, I have confidence that you know he's good to go, and he's got the got the BTO project uh, all done, and and can recruit to yep. that and all that stuff. And yep. So. Um, I mean, I mean, you still see them pull in like good recruits and stuff too. So I, you know, maybe they're not at Oregon State and Arizona State's level yet, but you don't have to be at that level to compete for you know, pro season. So uh, yeah. definitely the the Donnie Marbit teams that went that made uh, made the the tournaments got their butts whooped by some of the top teams of the conference too, and uh, but yeah. still were able to get enough to go to tournaments. So. That none of that's out of the question. Uh, they definitely just had real tough series to start, and they did get one win out of it. So that's not not the end of the world. Um, uh, it wasn't totally swept. They got one win out of Oregon State, um, and almost got a second. That was a real bummer. 
Uh, they really yeah. should have had that one, but uh, but that may, makes it even tougher when you then go and get swept by Arizona State. But yeah, you know we'll keep well keep back home this weekend. Back home, back home this weekend. Yeah. So yeah, they do play. Uh, so if you, listening to this podcast, the, probably the the soonest you are listening to it is Thursday morning. That the series against Stanford starts Thursday night. So and it's on Pac-12 networks at four o'clock. Uh, it it says Pac-12 networks, but I don't know if it's actually. The national network or, or the or Washington, so I'm, I'm not sure. But you, you'll if you're gonna watch, you'll want to check that. But or or just watch it on your laptop like I do. So yeah. But all three games this weekend are on Pac-12 networks. So uh, so that's pretty cool. So four o'clock Thursday, five o'clock Friday, noon on Saturday is your three game series. Sure would be nice to get back on the right track. Uh, Stanford's top twenty five also, but hopefully maybe being at home uh, makes a little bit of a difference there. Yeah, and then volleyball had a had a bit of a, a, a rough weekend too. Uh, they were coming off a COVID break, and then also missing uh, two of their best players, um, probably their two best players. Uh, and uh, they uh, fought hard in the second set against Utah. Utah's a very good team, um, but they got swept by Utah. They were playing players that had barely played the entire year up until yep. like in, in the first 12 games, they had maybe played like in one set and then they were playing, yep. you know, you had a freshman who had barely played and she lead, led them in kills and their, their hit percentage yep. was awful. And like it, it really, and then like, you know, they, they weren't playing the defenses normally play and it just wasn't, it wasn't ideal. Um, uh, like that Pia Timmer was out. She's just, uh, she's all over the place. Like she, um, it talk about their offense, uh, you know, hitting percentage. You take her out and and you see the drop, and um, and even she's a she's a person that sets, she's a person that does everything. So uh, yeah. that that was that sucked because uh, it kind of d- dealt like a devastating blow to their chances at the Pac-12 championship. Uh, yeah, and they're down to their last two games. Yeah, and last so they would matches. basically need. Oregon. They would need to sweep. And Oregon and Washington would need, each need to lose. I think both games actually, maybe. And I, I uh, just depend on percentages. So, so yeah, tw- I'm looking at it right now. They're fifteen. It's fifteen and three is Washington. Thirteen and three is Oregon. So and so, then ten and three is us. So if we, so end, it, would, it would only take one loss. Well, if we end up twelve and three, and the, and Washington is sixteen and four, that would be a tie. That would both be seven fifty. Mm, that's true. Um, yeah, Oregon, you're right. if they lose one, then yeah, if we're 12 and three and they're, uh, 14 and four, then 12 and three wins. Uh, yep. I think you dub to, to, to tie them, we would need to beat Arizona twice. And then you dub would need to, uh, win one, lose one. Um, Cal is bad. <laughs> so yep. I extremely bad. Yeah. They did beat Stanford this year. Um, but, uh, Stanford's also extremely bad. Yeah, uh, but I think that's one of their only wins. <laughs> Which is wins. a weird thing to uh, say. Yeah, that is their only win. That's their only win is Stanford. So um, I wouldn't uh, expect uh, – yeah, it's kind of bummer that WC didn't get to play Stanford. I think they, they would have gotten two wins there. Um, they were definitely humming at that time. So, But now, yeah, yeah. They, need, they need Cal to pull a miracle to tie to get one of those games, one of those matches this weekend. And then WC needs to – to take care of business, but still, I think, you know, take care of business and, uh, you're in line for postseason and everything. So, yep. Uh, that, that'll be good. Uh, but yeah, it's, it definitely needs some help, a lot of help. 
from from an unlikely source to uh, still come out the, to come out there with at least like a share of the the title, uh, which yeah. I don't know if the, I don't know percentage wise if they would just because UW played more games if they would say it's a share or they would just give it to them. I don't know. I don't know how that works, but. Um, what I do know is what they're shooting for is a shot at the bubble experience in Omaha Woo. for their for their tournament. The I mean, if you're going to be in a bubble, in Omaha, Nebraska, if you're going to be in a bubble, it doesn't really matter the city, right? Like it doesn't. I mean, you you could be in a bubble in theory because <laughs> yeah, you can't go anywhere anyway. You're like uh, all the players can do is go like in, in, uh, in Indianapolis right now. The players can only go from the hotel to the to the yeah. to the stadium which by the way is well, not except gonzaga went to the zoo somehow i don't know how that yeah happened. they must have outings that they're allowed to do i guess i don't know I they guess. did go to the zoo i i did i've, I've asked a couple uh, uh folks that obviously our, our friend uh, Alyssa charleston and uh um asked brenna green who's there they're both covering the zags Ugh. um uh but that but uh, i mean I don't know why Alyssa wants to do her job. Like that's lame. I know. <laughs> um, uh, but they they told me they both told me that they're they can pretty much do whatever they want. Like it, it's only the media aren't in any, any sort of bubble. I just I was curious because like Charles Barkley had said something on TBS. Uh, you know, because I think they're going on site for the Final Four, and he said something like, "Oh, we can only go from the hotel to the stadium." I don't know. Maybe maybe for them they'll be closer and they they have more restrictions. I don't know, but. Um, yeah, so. Or it's entirely possible that Charles Barkley has no idea what he's talking about. No. Yeah, I, I might, I might suggest that he does not know. Covering the NCAA tournament when he, were you're in like the elite eight, and he doesn't even know who the best players on that team are like half the time. It's so bad. <laughs> you know, for a long time it was so like, oh look at Charles, it's so cute. He doesn't know who the players are, and then at some point you're just like, dude, how can you not know who the fucking players are? Especially when you're like, deep in attorney, like you've cut, you've seen three yeah. games from these guys. Like exactly. I mean, I get it if you're like you don't know who, you know, the best player from Oral Roberts is, even though you know he's the leading scorer in the country or whatever. Like, like I, that right? guy but Ace like, is amazing, by the way. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, but we're two weeks into this thing now. Like, maybe, like maybe, maybe you've been watching the games. Like it shouldn't be that tough and. But whatever, I I know it's partially a shtick. It, it's just it's annoying. You know, Shaq does the same thing, um, and it's like you know, come on, man. At yeah. least try to, at least try, at least pretend like you're trying. Okay, I do want to talk about the tournament, but before, yeah, we, we have to talk about our one good news from the weekend. Yes, and that was yes. Let's do that first. That was uh, well, because tennis got crushed too. I, I think by Stanford. Like, so they got yeah. obliterated, but soccer went on the road to Boulder, to Colorado and, and our, our, our like savior, Macrame Gamera Stevens came yeah. through with another just ridiculous run through the defense in, in overtime, uh, to get the game winning goal. Just absolutely, I don't know if you saw the the replay of it, but just uh, I did not. She just ran like it was FIFA style, where you like you're like I'm just gonna try to run through the defense. This they're gonna probably gonna steal it, and then suddenly your guy kind of pops out with the ball, like you know you kind of pop past the defender and the ball. You're like oh shit, I'm so. And she did that like, twice, and then she just buried it past the keeper, 
really impressive one. She's it, similar to the impressive run she had to score a goal against Utah, like, but even more impressive, I'd say. Um, yep. Uh, she's just she's a, a stud, a star. Um, just uh, and you know that's a big win. Get a big road win. Um, they're 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 still going to be fighting for another postseason too. So every everything matters. Yep. Um, that was technically yep. the first Pac-12 game. So you know the games against Utah, the game against UW, those weren't uh, those weren't Pac-12. Well, games. one of one of the games was the first Utah game was. Oh, okay. That was a Pac-12 game. Oh, because so I, I was, saw that something that the... said it was uh, the Pac-12 opener was going to Boulder. I guess I'm wrong. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe someone was mistaken. But I know that. I guess. Yeah, maybe the so the first game against Utah, the tie uh, was that one was that one counted. Oh, that sucks. The win the next <laughs> the win two days later did not count, um, and then of course the loss to Washington didn't count. Um, so which I guess is great. <laughs> I mean, After that, truly, if they're if they're trying to make a, a postseason, all of them matter equally. Honestly, correct. Yeah, correct. They, and that's really that, this program is a. I mean, obviously we want to win the conference title and that's going to be a goal from now to eternity for WSU soccer. Yep. Um, but, uh, but I mean the, the, the baseline now is go to the postseason, yep. and, and, and that, there's only five games left. Yep. So we only got getting, five left getting that Colorado one was massive. Um, cause yep. you know, they're, they're kind of a middle of the road team. They're not a great team. You don't yep. want to lose to them. Um, so nope. they got, they got, they have the, uh, they have a tough one this weekend. Uh, Very uh, tough on Friday. Big uh, game. Pac-12 Washington um, going at UCLA, where they've won before uh, recently. Yep. Um, and UCLA lost they their last not be game. Scared. Um, so uh, UCLA lost to Arizona State their last game. So they're, they're not they're not unbeatable. Um, but they are five and one in conference. They've already played six conference games, while WCU has played two. Uh, but uh, UCLA has played six um, and. They've won five of them, no ties, and uh, yeah. So that'll be a that'll be a big one. Um, that'll definitely be probably their biggest test this season so far. Um, yep. So it should be fun. It also appears, by the way, it also appears that they are doing standings on points per game. Yeah. And not overall points. So we are currently in fourth place. Yeah. <laughs> With our one zero and one record. Yeah. Yeah. So take that, you dub. <laughs> We're actually ahead of UW. Yeah, because there's three one and <laughs> They're two. They're only 1.8 points per game. So, yeah, this so is obviously a byproduct of uh, WSU having a uh, COVID break. And, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, but hey. <laughs> Major the, COVID break. They had four games canceled. Yeah, four games. Pretty bad. Uh, so, the world is in front of them because uh, they are just sitting at two points per game and the leader's at 2.5 and they're playing the leader yep. this weekend. So, um you figure i mean look we're all sort of talking out of our asses with you know going to tournaments and things like that but you know it's like it's like you look at those five games and you figure all right well you know what do they need to do to sort of be in the you know be where they want to be and you know you start thinking uh you know if you if you post a losing record in those five games maybe maybe things don't don't look so great so you know, you want to you want to get out of there. Not, you know, not a lot of ties because of the way they do overtime. Right. Yeah. You know, so you don't get a ton of ties. Um, so you, you're figuring, OK, four games, you know, you'd like to like to, I think, at least win three of them. Overtime's so, a, a golden goal, sudden victory, all that yes. stuff. If you in case you yeah, are, which is which yeah. is how they beat Colorado. Yep. So, um, 
but yeah, it's, you know, and then you got, uh, you finish your last three games at home, Oregon state, Oregon, so, Washington. Those are all yeah. Oregon, or, Oregon, Oregon state, very winnable. Washington's a good team, uh, but certainly beatable. I mean, yeah, they so, were right there. Um, at, at UW. Um, yeah. So soccer has at UCLA at USC this weekend. Um, USC is, you know, uh, definitely a winnable, winnable game for sure. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see that. I, I think, man, if they, if they, they could somehow get four points out of the weekend. That'd be great. You know, obviously on the that road, you're always hoping for one, but yep. like at USC to get a win at USC would be huge. And, and somehow yes. steal a point from UCLA would, number of who's yep. ranked number five currently is, would be great. Yeah. Well. Yeah. If you get four points out of the weekend, I think you're feeling fantastic. Yeah. If you get two points out of the weekend, it's not the end of the world too. No. Yep. Yeah. So sucker. Um, soccer talk. Yeah. I love I love talking about soccer standings in particular. It's like I, yes. I love the point system. It's like just weird. It's as thrilling. Hell. Yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, um, yeah. If only we had like if only there was like a, a women's college soccer champions league or something. We're like just, we got to finish in the top four. We got to. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, but um, so yeah, soccer. But yeah, I I don't know. We can't we can't like leave without talking about you know the tourney. We love the tourney um that's yeah. all that's all i've been doing in my life for the past few you know few days just watching uh today just felt it's empty great empty empty so i will say it did this is probably it's got to be the first season ever that both the wsu men and wsu women beat a final four team in has the regular be. season it has to be it has to be so the women beat arizona who behind ari mcdonald uh went to the final four um this weekend and then uh, or you know a couple of days ago and then uh uh obviously ucla from the first four to the final four as they like to say um yeah you know, second team to do that upset michigan that was a a wild game um you know kind of stunning that michigan didn't grab that game at the end <laughs> like they had every yeah. opportunity and didn't somehow i don't know yeah you got a thirty-eight percent three-point shooter that yeah. airballs a wide-open three-pointer to yep. win. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I was I was talking with our basketball coach this morning, and he was he didn't get to watch the game. He had other coaching duties that he was dealing with, but he, you know, he he was real high on UCLA, and I was he was like, I I just I knew they were going to do. It. I knew they were going to be tough, and I'm like, well, yes, but <laughs> like. Like Michigan, not not that Michigan blew it, because I, you know, I won't I won't go that far, but I will say that Michigan had a number of good opportunities to win that game and did not cash in on any of them, and sometimes that's, you know, how it goes, and you know, UCLA was the beneficiary of both, you know, some excellent uh, game planning and some super tough play, and also some some good fortune. You know, they they were you know this close to losing to Michigan State and never making it into the actual tournament and then you know they 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 were a, a wide open a couple of wide open three pointers away from losing to michigan too so you know that's how the tournament goes man yeah go johnny juzang just absolutely went yeah. nuts like just uh, i think he scored over half their points and uh uh kind of and made a lot of tough shots because michigan was making that they were they had to make a lot of tough shots to do it um they were, were are going to have to make a lot more if they have any chance against Gonzaga. Uh, 
Oh my god! Like, uh, I, like we're we're in agreement. They they don't really have a chance against Gonzaga, right? No, I mean, you know, you were like, okay, USC with their interior and, and all that, and still it it just didn't matter, you know. <laughs> well, I mean. Who could have possibly guessed that the key to USC's interior defense is making sure that you could actually set up in the half court? Yeah. Which they could not do <laughs> because they kept turning, turning the, the ball fucking over. ball over. And they couldn't, they couldn't like, make live shots. Ball tur- As we know, live ball turnovers are death. And like they're even extra super special death against a team like Gonzaga, which is, you know, makes their living on fast break layups. Yeah. Because they're so good at it. USC played solid defense like good defense in the second half uh oh, yeah. but and and they got as close as what 16 yeah they just the the damage was already done in the first half it was just it was over yeah. um uh, and then yeah gonzaga is just has an insane number of scores that will punish any mistake and i just i don't see ucla having i mean unless they shoot like they did against wsu and poly that's that's the type of yeah. shooting they need to do to have a shot. Unlikely against Gonzaga's defense. That that was yeah. honestly is let lest this turn into a Gonzaga appreciation podcast because God knows I do not want to do that. But um, that that was the part that so much was made of Gonzaga's offense against USC's defense, which I mean rightfully so, right? Because you know points are sexy and you know whatever, right? People want to know can anybody stop their offense. But way more impressive to me was that second half when USC's defense got much better. And they, I mean, there was one stretch where Gonzaga went three or four minutes without scoring. And USC was able to close the gap from like 21 to like 15 or 16. And that was it. (laughs) Like, you know, Gonzaga's defense was so good. And, you know, they had such a good game plan for blitzing USC's ball handlers. Um, whoever did the advanced scout on that game did, did a, just a bang up job because they saw something in the way that USC handled the ball that, that, uh, caused them to believe they could just sell out for every single deflection and whatever strip opportunity. Yep. And, and it worked and it totally worked. And, and USC, I mean, they were down by 15 points before they even knew what hit them. I mean, Enfield called a timeout at seven to two. Cause he was like, yo, we got or seven to zero. Yeah. He was like, yo, we got to, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. We got to, we got to calm this down. And then they really didn't change anything. I, I think he must've just said in the huddle, Hey, calm down guys. And it didn't work. Well, cause and they, they legit like, like layups and layups and layups. USC just looked terrified. They, yeah. they made a lot of like, they were just, they were playing too fast. Like they way too fast. Way too a lot of up, guys, a lot of guys trying to make plays that didn't need to be trying to make plays. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, they just looked that they were not up to that task. And, no. uh, and Gonzaga was, was such a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, 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 again, not, um, I, I, I will say, you know, just as appreciator of, coaches doing the right things uh, i like the things that mark few has been saying like we're just going to celebrate every week you know because if you're a team like that you're just going to be so stressed about your goal is the championship um which yeah. you kind of like you look back at like the adam morrison team it seemed like that was their goal and they were just like extremely stressed and and we saw them like completely melt down and uh um but yeah, just I, I obviously it's really frustrating that few has learned a few things 
through all this time and uh and he's pretty much approaching this perfectly and my birthday is on monday and that is uh, the date for the national championship and i am not looking forward uh to watching that game it's off (laughs) you know it falls on my birthday every you know every six years or so and and uh and it's usually fun i get to you know like one of my favorite events of the year is a college basketball national championship game and and uh uh i don't know about it this year but on the other side of the bracket obviously we have houston and baylor um houston i just love their style man like it's just yeah. uh it's not pretty but i just love how they're just like they value the ball uh they value having the ball they value getting shots up shot volume baby i added um i was inspired by them as they were you know they got out to a big lead on the beeves which uh all credit to oregon state came back and tied that game in the second half like that, that was, was crazy that was nuts uh, who, who would have thought? Okay, I mean, remember how Craig Robinson used to run that crappy one three one, right? Yeah. And Oregon State, I swear, you know, Wayne, Wayne Tingle come out, you know, they come out man to man, and they're just getting destroyed on, on the glass, right? So then they go to their two three zone, which you know seem would seem to be counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you're getting killed on the gra- on the glass. Go to the two three zone, and they ended up giving up a lot more good, a lot of good shots, but did a little better on the glass out of that, which was weird. And then, you know, they come out early in the second half, two, three zone, still getting shredded, switch to that one, three, one. And all of a sudden, like, like Houston had no idea what to do with that thing. I think the biggest thing was that Houston doesn't really have a point guard. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, against a one, three, one, it's, it's extremely useful to have a, a point guard who can, you know, dribble into gaps and kick. I mean, I remember against those Craig Robinson teams, like, uh, like Reggie Moore used to like annihilate uh-huh. that thing with just a, just a little dribble drive right into a seam, f- basically f- causing four guys to run at you or three guys at least to run at you. And all of a sudden it, it just unlocks pass, pass, open shot. Um, yeah. Houston had no clue. I, you know, Baylor's not going to do that. So, you know, maybe, maybe Houston doesn't have to worry about that in the next round, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was wild. I, I thought that game was over, over, uh, and then to, to, to watch Oregon state come all the way back, um, was actually pretty cool. It was, you know, obviously a little bit of a bummer that they yeah, lost. I think it was not, not sad that they lost to Houston because Calvin Sampson's yeah, great. Yeah. And, so, uh, yeah, I think, I think it was 55, 55 with like less than three minutes left. It was nuts. Like, yeah. I'm like, Oh my God, this is a close yeah. game. Like what? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like what a, what a run for the beeves. Like absolutely insane. Uh, just like, we I should do that. Yeah. Can we do that? Um, please. That looks like I want to have that kind of. That fun. looks like a blast. Although, I can imagine, uh, the devastation of being that close to the final four, and yeah. and uh, even though you weren't supposed to be there, but then less than three minutes left, tie game. You're right there. Like that's probably some big devastation. That's probably gonna take a while to get over before they can truly appreciate the insane run that they went on to win what three six games in a row to get to that point right um six games against good teams like it was nothing but good teams that they beat i mean they they dismantled a loyola chicago team that had just dismantled illinois like yes it was nuts that was it was utterly bizarre that illinois chicago game that illinois game was I mean, the Loyal Chicago game was I, that I did not see. That I was like, okay, you guys, you did it. 
you got to the Sweet 16. Good job. And then they're just they're doing it again. And then and then they came yeah. back against Houston. Like, oh man. Uh, now I'm like, I hope Ethan Thompson doesn't come back. I don't. I don't want to face that team now with all that. Yeah. All that like no. swagger they got. You know, like. Oh man. Uh, all credit to Wayne Tinkle and and just that. Yeah. Those players, man. We're, well, he did. Yeah. He did a great job deploying the guys that he had into situations where they could be successful. So uh, it was sort of like, um, you know, the game against, uh, against Houston, you know, it it just took him a little bit of time to find the right combination of players, you know, to do a thing. Um, But once he kind of figured it out, then all of a sudden, you know, again, they, they go on this run. Right. And uh, you know, I think it was a 17 to three run that finally erased the gap altogether um, the biggest thing was Houston kept turning the ball over. <laughs> you know, it's num- number one rule, man. If you got a big lead, just at least don't turn it over. Exactly. You know, at least at least make sure that you get shots up. So, I don't know, man. El Tiche, that's a guy who kind of freaks me out for next year with them. Um, you know, Kalu's a really nice, steady player. You know, floor spacer kind of guy. Um, definitely. I, I don't know. Hopefully Ethan Thompson decides he's ready to go, uh, go be a professional somewhere. So yeah, <laughs> that'd be good. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Um, I'd be totally okay with that. Yeah. Uh, and Jared Lucas, real good player too. They, oh they just, man, they, they got, they got some nice players and they, uh, and Della same, same deal. Like, uh, like, like they got, they got some dudes, they got some dudes who can play. Um, and they, yeah. I, I don't know if they'll be better next year in terms of like, you know, I, I don't think anybody expects another elite eight run out of them, but, um, but they will be, they will certainly be a top half of the conference pick when the, you know, when the preseason poll comes out. So. Yeah, I absolutely. And they should be. Um, yeah, uh, they deserve it. Yeah. Um, what, what a nuts around. I can't believe it. Um, yeah. I haven't actually got to watch Baylor that much this year even in the tournament i haven't watched them a ton. i've watched them you know i've watched a lot of the games but it's been like bits and pieces yeah. um but that's obviously uh, that's that's the one game everyone wants to see is baylor gonzaga and it, i mean I, I think it's probably going to happen but i yeah. i could see houston and that'll be an too. absolute track beat dude. yeah <laughs> like, yeah. like if, if baylor can get back i don't because i don't think houston can beat gonzaga um I, I just don't think Houston's got enough offense yeah, to do so, it. Yeah. And I know I know that they're adjusted off they're a top ten offense technically. Mm, um, yeah. but just watching them the way that they generate offense, I don't I don't see them being able to generate that kind of offense against Gonzaga. Yeah. Like I don't not against Gonzaga's defense. Um and then Baylor, you know, Baylor is sort of known for its defense to some degree, but actually by the metrics are isn't that great. Um, you know, so I, you know, they'll be able to score with, it's kind of the flip, they'll, they'll be able to score with Gonzaga may not be able to, to hold them down at all, but I don't know. We'll see. It'll definitely be interesting. Um, you know, the, I, you know, I wish that like the Baylor's that like, uh, Kelvin Sampson was coaching with Baylor's personnel, I guess yeah. the, way, the way I would put it, I would love to see Kelvin Sampson go, go up against Mark few. Uh, in that championship game and you know the 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 way that they would coach against each other um and that's it's why i think you know the gonzaga ucla game might be interesting for a little while 
given how hard UCLA plays and Mick Cronin, I think we have established now he's a pretty damn good coach. Yeah. Um, and and I and I know we probably made fun of UCLA when he was hired. I, I'm pretty sure we did. Yeah. Um, just because it was like, really, that's the best you can do. Yeah, right. Um, and and he obviously wasn't their first choice either. So let's let's also not pretend that somehow you know Dan Guerrero knew more than we did <laughs> about about it. But at the same time, you know, it's a guy who um, was just you know very really just every year just very good at Cincinnati and. You know, now, you know, you look at him at UCLA and, you know, he's doing the doing the same kind of thing, except now he's, you know, he's got a uh, he's he's got a line on better talent, not necessarily on this team, but in the future, he's going to start pulling in, you know, some of those guys that, um, you know, that UCLA used to get and they're going to fit in with a very tough, uh, tough minded program and and tough minded coach. And um yeah, it's you know it sucks because UCLA is probably going to be good again, and then we got to deal with that. But you know it's it is it is fun to watch right now, and and we are just rolling in money. We are like Scrooge McDuck diving into his into his uh, you know his his coin in his basement. I mean, wow, yeah, like uh, so. Apparently, there's no more money that can be extracted from this. Like, but uh, uh, this is the just. I guess the most money, uh, but like not the most units, but the most money because the units are worth more now, um, that the uh, Pac-12 has ever gathered from a, a, a tournament. And just, yep. I mean, so you get, you got two from Colorado. You got, uh, what, three from USC, uh, two, two from Oregon, um, or no, three from Oregon, four from USC, I'm sorry. Um, you got, uh, four from Oregon state, um, six from UCLA. Uh, so that added up to what? 19. And so, uh, 19 units, uh, quite a run. Um, and I think it's, it's over $500,000 a year that WSU will get, um, over the next six years, uh, because of that. Um, obviously there's like a baseline amount that you're expecting, um, you're expecting at least like probably, you know, I'm sure they, there's like a, there's a number that, you know, the athletic department has in mind that, that, uh, the, the conference is going to get just based on, you know, having like four or five teams and maybe a few of them winning. So maybe you're looking at more like, you know, like, you know, you're expecting like seven to 10, uh, but to get like double that, you know, is, uh, is a big deal. Um, in, yeah. in, in a time when WSU and all of the athletic departments need the money so um yep. yeah and wsu it's got to be at least double what they were anticipating yeah i would think so it's got to be at least yeah. double. so an extra 200 250 300 grand yeah wsu will take that absolutely uh yeah. that's I mean, you, you yeah. think about what that you know that's couch money to some schools but for us it's you know you think about the people who've been laid off yep. right like i mean like that's you know that's a couple of people's jobs like i mean it's you know it's a big deal it's a big deal so it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Thanks, UCLA. Thanks, UCLA. Thanks, Thanks Oregon. USC. Thanks, Oregon State. Thanks, thanks USC. Oregon. Thanks, VCU. Uh, no thanks to you, Colorado. Yeah, Colorado. We thought you thought you, you only were... you only contributed one. No two, because they got Losers. there. They got two. Oh, right. Because they got right. there. So two. Okay, fine. Yes. Two. I mean, at and, least no one you know, no one on. only got the one token one. Everyone at least grabbed That's a true. win. That is true. Uh, twelve and three overall the Pac-12 in the tournament. 
Who yeah. knew? It's and incredible, man. On Kempom, obviously, WSU now up to number seven. Yeah, we haven't even talked about this. Okay, we got to talk about this. Um, so I, I think yeah. we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up after the after this weekend, so we know where the final numbers are. But right now, yes. um, I, I love I I just love where this has gone, because uh, in in Dick Bennett's <laughs> second season, WSU finished number seventy nine in the Kempom rankings. WSU is currently number yes. seventy eight. Uh, and it's, yes. and it, it's having moved up 30 spots, yeah, 30 spots, 29 spots since the end of the season, 29, 29 spots, spots since, since the end, the end of, the of the season, doing nothing, yeah. sitting on their keisters doing, uh, yeah, just, uh, moving up 29 spots. Uh, they're pretty solidly ahead of Northwestern at this point. It, it would take like UCLA getting absolutely blistered. I don't think they could even, it'd be hard for them. Like UCLA would have to like beat Gonzaga for them to move up past Buffalo. There's a pretty wide gap yeah. there. Um, but and still, even if UCLA gets ripped, yeah, they're like, not going to fall. I haven't looked, but yeah, but I imagine it's the prediction's got to be a double digit. Yes. Yeah, it's, right? it's 12, 83, 71. So yeah, yeah it's yeah. pretty big. So, <laughs> and, and, uh, I mean, unless they lose by 30 and, or and, something. and, and, and Ken Palm will cap um cap the margin around sixteen. It just depends. it's average, but it's like a it's based on a trend. But it's he says it's usually around sixteen. So yeah, it's probably they're probably not going to drop really at all. Um, so they're probably going to finish around seventy eight, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, top got top twenty five defense number twenty three now. Uh, that's moved up twelve spots. That's crazy. Um, the offense has moved up like thirty spots. It's like one I mean forty spots. To go from like yeah, to go from like two eighty four two years ago to twenty three. Oh, in defense is yeah. like I mean, you know, what Dick Bennett did maybe is a little more impressive. He had number one. Just because he went yeah, he went all the way to number one within so we went from two thirty three to one, which is uh, you know, because especially because when you start getting at those tails, right? Like it's it's harder to go from, uh, yeah. you know, like ten to one than it is to go from twenty to ten, yeah. right? So like you get on those tails, and so maybe going two thirty three to one is a little bit more impressive. But but I don't know, man. Going from two eighty four to twenty three is, I mean, that's amazing. That that is truly 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 to 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 jump two hundred and fifty spots. Um, you think about what that to go from one of the you know like basically 50 worst defenses in the country to one of the 23 best. I, I don't know, man. That's just, it's, it's remarkable. It, it, it truly, it truly is like, it kind of blows my mind. Um, so it's very cool. And it's, it's, it's fun seeing the rest of the country look at the pack 12 and go, Hey, maybe they don't suck. You know, it's, it's yeah. funny, right? I mean, you get into these, you get into the conference and everybody's just playing each other. It, you know, I mean, I think I said this to you uh, while I was watching Oregon and USC. I was like, this game looks, looks like yeah. any other, just like any old Pac-12 yeah, game. Yeah, they're not playing at a higher just level. Des- yeah. <laughs> no, like everybody just decided that they don't suck anymore. Yeah. Like everybody just decided all of a sudden these teams are good. And okay, so now, oh, wow, look at look at what they're doing. It's like, that's what they always do. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, this is... This is not some sort of like it's not like they've jumped up to some crazy new level like they just you know it's it's just now you know without really any benefit of a non-conference schedule that was the big thing right like um there were just a couple of games couple of non-conference games and of course narratives get set which is the stupidest thing you know on earth and then you know then then the teams just go beat the crap out of each other for two and a half months and 
you know, it's, it's, you know, became really obvious the PAC 12 was a lot better than people realized, which is why, you know, the Ken Palm rankings have shifted so much because now you finally get these crossovers, right? And so you, you add a whole nother sort of extended data set, right? Like, so you get like this ripple effect of, well, they played them and, and that team played that team and that team played that team sort of introduced into the data. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, the PAC 12 ends up you know, look at a million times better. I mean, I don't know. You, you've you been looking at this. What What's the Pac-12 up to now as a conference in Ken Palm? They're second. Um, second, and in, in what, what this is, is, is adjusted efficiency margin. Um, so For the whole conference. Well, so it's it's basically, it kind of is an average. So it's 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 ranks, um, it, it's it's what, what you would need to go, expect to go 500 in conference play. So, right. Right. so uh, that's, for this, that's a team that is, um, plus 16, 12. So about what Oregon state is right now would be like an average team. Um, and they're 43rd in Ken Palm. So that's a, that's, that's a nice, that's a nice average team to have like as a 43rd in Ken Palm. Yep. Um, so they've now, they've, they started sixth, uh, they were below the ACC, SEC, big 12, big 10. Um, I think at one point during the season, they were actually below the big East at one point. Um, but they've moved all the way up to 12th. Uh, they could drop to third based on what UCLA does against Gonzaga, what what uh, uh, Baylor does against Houston, um, and what ba- what right. you know what Baylor might do against Gonzaga, of course. Um, but they're going to be second or they're going to be second or third one way, or and they're going to be basically even with the Big 12, which is seen as a, a very good basketball conference. And so yeah. this is going to have big like this is going to be big for next year, like. It's going to be huge for next like, year. We're, yep. we're just, you get to the point where, you know, t- to get a, an at-large bid in, in the conference, Arizona might have gotten one at 11 and nine. I don't know. Uh, UCLA barely got in at 13 and six, so probably not. Uh, UCLA had to go 13 and six to get one of the last spots. They were on the last four in. You're looking at yep. maybe a team could go 11 and nine, 10 and 10. Yep. And to get into the conference because yep. you're just it's the narrative Absolutely. is set and and uh everyone's yep. everyone's going to start out better in Kempom's prediction next year and 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 you know that kind of Kempom is so um I think it's very influential now um it, you, you see you read so you know I'm sorry to call you out Ricky but you didn't Ricky O'Donnell but you didn't I I, I like you do like you're good and you're not listening to this so it doesn't matter but so he wrote an article. <laughs> he wrote an article today ranking the last four uh, teams in uh, in in the final four, and what he said is that, uh, like you said about Houston, he said they have the seventh best offense and the eighth best defense, and I'm like, dude, that's you got that from Kempom. Just say you got it from Kempom. Like, yes, you they they don't have the seventh best offense and the eighth best defense. They have the seventh best adjusted efficiency. Uh, based on Kempom's yes. numbers and the and the eighth best adjusted def- defensive efficiency based on Kempom's numbers. Now, if you love yeah. Kempom so much and you take those as as gospel, and like they the seventh best offense, the eighth best defense, and that's fine with me. Uh, but but at the same time, dude, give him a shout out. Come on, like same same with C- and and I obviously Ken himself complained about this, but like CBS, TBS, they they were uh, they were uh, they kept talking about the one of the the best two point defenses of a historic two point defense versus a historic two point offense it's like the only reason you knew this for Gonzaga and USC 
is because Ken Pomeroy tweeted that like two days ago, you know, two days before the game. He said, oh, this is the 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 my, the best two-point defense in the history of my numbers versus the best two-point offense in the history of my numbers. And CBS and TBS, whatever, is hyping this up. But you know where they got it from. They got it from Kempom. Just say that's where you got it from. How hard is that? Like, come on. Like, it drives me it's not nuts. Hard. It drives me nuts. It's not hard at all. It, and it's, it's yeah, it's stupid. Because it's like, it's proprietary, man. Like, like it's not, these are not just, so if you want to say. This is Ken's livelihood. You know, it literally was, is. Like, he quit being a meteorologist, man. This yes. Is, this is how he makes money. Right. I mean, other there's other ways he makes money. Yeah. But this is and so, thing. like, if you say. Yeah, if you say that a team is, you know, you know, 25th in defensive rebounding percentage, like, okay, that you could find that in a lot of places. Like yeah. that's I mean, because that's that's really just this plus this divided by that. And there you go. Like anybody can figure that out. But like his adjusted efficiency margins like that's that's some proprietary shit like that's like he's got an algorithm and formulas and it's it's secret sauce and all that stuff like like it's, like that's his deal and to to not to not or when they talk about you know average possession length that was another one that came up and i'm like only he tracks the that. only person who does that is ken pomeroy or uh average height right? average height he's the only one like that average height yeah. average average and again average height is not just adding together heights and dividing by the number of players he's weighting it by minutes and so, you know, a team's effective height is influenced by who's actually playing. And that's a proprietary thing. Like, it's anyway, it's just, yeah, super annoying. And as a, as a, as a journalist, you know, you should always cite your sources. As an English teacher, I'm always telling my kids, like, tell me where your stuff came from, you know. And so it's t- to have, uh, you know, ostensibly professional people not, uh, not doing that is, is sort of like, obnoxious and i feel bad for ken when i see that stuff because i'm just like man he works so hard to do a good job and um you know to not get the proper credit is you know it's not the end of the world but i mean come on it's it's a pretty it's a pretty easy courtesy it, it doesn't take long <laughs> you know it just according to kenpom.com this is the second tallest team in the country is not a tough thing i do think some of it to be honest is um because they actually don't understand the stat that they're citing, they yeah. then don't understand that it is actually a proprietary thing. Like they just like they are used to counting stats that you can find anywhere. Right. And so when somebody tells them, well, this and and, and by the way, the I'm sure the announcers are just regurgitating stuff that's fed to them by you know, people who do this research for them. Yeah. Oh, second tallest team in the country. Oh, this is the second tallest team in the country. Like they, they don't understand effective height and you know, they don't understand adjusted efficiency margin. Now, should they, they should, it's not hard to understand. These are not, you know, super, these are not, you know, engineering concepts. These are pretty, pretty easy to understand math concepts. Even if you don't understand how you adjust something, it's like, I don't understand how the adjustment happens, but I know that it's adjusted for opponent quality. That's not tough to figure out. And that's not a hard thing. So I don't know. I, I do think some of it is they just truly don't understand what they are spitting out. They're just saying a thing. And because they don't understand that, they don't realize that this is actually kind of a special thing. Um, and so it, it really kind of requires credit because it's not, you know, it's not everywhere, but it's not really an excuse, but I, I do think that's, probably why it happens yes and so that's our rant uh 
um every, anyone who listens to us know we're yeah. a big uh we and we have been for you know a long time big fans of ken's work and um it, when he when he switched to the subscription model uh it was the fastest twenty dollars i w- could possibly hand out like it's a, um it's still a heck, heck of a deal to be able to dig into these teams yep. um uh and yeah you get things like the the height metrics like yeah it, and that for usc that truly told a story this year for them like it was a huge deal their length was a huge deal and a big reason why their defense was so good um and, and it was a huge deal for wsu who actually ended up ninth in average height this year uh after uh the the previous season being uh where were they at they were uh 93rd and so you look at they were 93rd to 9th and suddenly they're they go from being a awful two-point defense to you know close to a top 50 two-point defense uh probably better than top 50 if you adjust for opponents uh yeah like uh height makes a big deal and no one else tracks it like ken ken does and uh he also tracks two foul participation which is a stat i love um it's a very fun thing no one else no one else tracks that. Um, he tracks bench minutes, which not a lot of places do that. You know, it, his experience one is really cool. He adjusts that for minutes and everything too. Um, which, you know, you look at WSU 326 and in, in like legit experience based on like, you know, cause what a lot of places will cite is just the average uh, class of the players on the team. Uh, but Ken will adjust for, you know, the minutes and everything. Um, and, and, uh, so that's, that's, you know, WC 326 and they finished 78th in the co- country. That's pretty good. You know, in, in adjusted efficiency margin, yep. uh, based on Ken's numbers, like that's pretty good. And, 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 you know, it's, they're, they're, they're around that and other, you know, other numbers, they're around that on Bart, uh, Bart Torvik's site. And, uh, so, you know, I feel pretty good about where they landed there and, uh, I think it can give you a lot of hope, uh, you know, a lot of, because, you know, people act like this is just like, it, it's, it's not like if it was like one pack 12, if it was just UCLA that made a run and everyone else kind of just kind of did what you expected, that'd be one thing. But the fact that like so many pack 12 teams played so well is like, yeah, maybe this conference was better than we thought. Like, it just seems like, yeah, it was like, and, and WSU, who actually, by the way, they finished, they're 73rd on, on Bart Torvik, who uses, uh, he says he, his, he uses, uh, um, his methods are similar to what Ken's used to be. It's a, the Pythagorean thing. We've, we've discussed that, whatever, but they're 73rd on that. Yep. And so like you're talking about a top 80 team with 326 by Ken's numbers, uh, experience, uh, this is why we get excited about Kyle Smith and, and his team. Um, and so, yeah, and now we're even more. Yeah, we, we were excited when they were 107 with this roster. And now they're at seven. Yeah. They're, now they're yeah. top 80. Uh, it, now we, we kind of know that all these teams we played are a lot better than we thought they were. It's just that we were all playing each other. Yep. So everyone's like, oh, yep. how could USC lose to Oregon State or whatever? It's like, well, maybe because Oregon State was a lot better than you thought. And, you know, maybe, maybe Utah, maybe Utah was better than you thought. And maybe all these teams were just better than you thought. Even UW was better, you know, like they've jumped a bunch of spots too. Cal better than you thought, you know, you know, that's the thing you watch like Cal, you're like, you see guys like, um, 
you know, guys like uh, Bradley and uh, Andre Kelly, and you're like, these are good players. Like this team doesn't look that bad. Like Mark Fox is a pretty good coach. Like it's, it, and 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 now they're you know they're kind of their numbers look more where they kind of felt when you watch them. Um, and WSU now kind of feels more like where they felt. You know, like because you're like really we're not that good. But now I don't know. It feels feels better now. Like it, and and it's justified and it's going to be great next year. We're going to start probably in like a top 70 area, uh, you know, top, you know, top, top 80. I mean, maybe losing Bontom will hurt us, but we're going to return so much. Um, and, and it's going to be really fun to start from there and just see where they can go, potentially be a bubble, potentially get to the NCAA tournament. Uh, yeah, this is way more of a rant than I thought. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, I'm excited. Go Pack 12. Yeah. Thank you for It'll, making me uh, feel better. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, we needed that. It's always good. Yeah. It's like we, we, we spent our time rooting for the team to keep moving up the rankings without playing. It was great. It was great. Yeah. So, yeah, huge implications for next year because the perception of the conference is really everything. So unless they go out and, you know, shit their pants, you know, during non-conference, which is, of course, always possible. Um you know, I think that's sort of a whole nother, maybe, maybe we'll devote a podcast to that sometime sort of tackling, you know, college basketball's issues and maybe how to fix them. But one of the things that I, I absolutely despise is how uh, so much weight is put on games that happen in November. And it's like, they, mm-hmm. they set the narrative and then all of a sudden that's, that's it. You know, and I mean, we joked, like I said, not joked, but like I said that, you know, the Pac-12's biggest problem this year is that they didn't have a, you know, a 6,000 pound gorilla at the top, you know, they didn't have a Gonzaga or a Baylor, or, you know, somebody or, a, you know, a Houston, a Michigan, whatever, sitting at the top of the conference. And, and of course, now we go, well, maybe they did because, you know, USC obviously was was really, really good. But the perception was not that they had a, you know, a, a national title type contending team at the top. And without that, you know, and, and that gets set early on, which, again, I think is ridiculous like you know you're gonna you're gonna judge teams based on what happens in their first month like that seems like a really dumb way to to kind of go about it but with the way it's set up where you know you you have these crossover games and then everything that happens the rest of the way is just everybody beating the crap out of each other you know that's this you know it's just kind of what you get um i've got some ideas for ways that they could try and try and try and change that which which would be great but uh, you know nobody's ever going to listen to me but we can we can float some ideas here when we're when we're looking to fill some fill some airtime maybe in yeah. June or something in June. All right. Well, I think we're we're good now. I think we <laughs> talked enough. Um, uh, I I got uh, I think so. Uh, Amanda, Amanda's brother is staying with us. He just got a job in town and he hasn't got an apartment yet. So he's he's just hanging out Woo. with us until he gets an apartment. Uh, so he probably wants to go to bed. So I gotta I gotta get out of his room. Um, uh, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> Let's, um, well, we should have. You should have said that we should have had Chris on the show, man. I know. Yeah, that we'll, we'll get hilarious. him on. We'll get him on. Um, we'll get him on. And talk about. Uh, yeah, we gotta do that. Um, uh, so uh, yeah. yeah, let's. Uh, if if you want to email us any questions, comments, or T-shirt ideas, uh, podcast vs everyone at gmail dot com. Uh, Jeff, or you know, you can tweet him at us. Uh, uh, my DMs are open. You can DM me stuff. Um, 
uh, at the Craig Powers. Um, and then Jeff is at Pod versus Everyone. Um, uh, subscribe, please. Rate us five stars, please. Write a comment, please. Whatever, all that. Um, and yeah, go Cougs, Jeff. Jeff. Cougs, Craig. Black Lives Matter. Oh, were you drinking some coffee? Black Lives Matter. Yes. No. Ha, ha, ha.